I like the one line of dialogue from a zombie. They can speak. So we get a zombie going, Toilet paper! <laughs> I didn't. I missed that. Highlight of the episode for me. That's maybe something that zombies love for, you know. They don't just hunt for brains or find their loved ones. It's just they just want toilet paper. And of course... Well, yeah, I mean, if you eat that much brains, Phil, you're going to need the toilet paper. I mean, <laughs> you, you'd be able to shit into a bottle. <laughs> and then, th- yeah... That's it. That's that's. I guess you know that's what we all need in these festivals. If you are out there and you're thinking, I can't wait to shit in a bottle and throw it at someone I don't like at a festival, eat a brain because it's probably yeah. going to going to help a lot. That's why they're groaning. They really need a shit. And <laughs> <laughs> contrary to popular belief, they are not feral. They are very civilized, and they will not do so unless they have the relevant materials. That's what it is. So maybe they're not saying brains. They're just saying like. Bran. <laughs> Brands. 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 Yeah. Brands. <laughs> They've had too yeah. They've had too they much bran. He needs <laughs> They've had too much bran. <laughs> Brands. Yeah, that's exactly what they're shouting for. So if you do see a zombie, don't aim for its head. Just just take it to the toilet. It will I guarantee it'll be absolutely right as brain. Uh, once it's finished its proper session. Excellent. Can be killed by removing the shit or destroying the arse. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three disenchanted, downtrodden dweebs review all 163 episodes of Sabrina. The Teenage Witch released. That is what's said on the MO. The MO? Memo, even. You know what? Not talking to people uh, is really slowing down and destroying my speech. But, hey, you're the one that's uh, in trouble because you're listening to us talk for the next hour or so. Uh, I, My name is Phil Dean. So I'm doing it again. My name is Phil Dean, and I am your host and guide through this wonderful journey. And luckily, I'm joined by other people who are going to rescue me from this tragic opening. First of all, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello. Ah, yes, I am going to rescue you. Take you in my arms. Oh, um, yep, uh, I'm okay. Did you ask how or did you just say my name? Either way, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you that I am fine. Um, getting through this any way I can. Put it this way, this is the second day on which I have drank three cans of beer. Excellent. Well, I mean, you know what, it does it for somebody, I guess. But, you know, as long as, long as you, you're staying safe oh, yeah. and you are keeping, um, you know, uh, two metres away from people at all times, then you can drink as much as you want. Even when you pass out, as long as you're still passing out two metres away from someone else, that's fine. Um, we're going to move on to someone else who is joining us and is luckily uh, much better at speaking than uh, I, certainly, is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Hello, Graham. I'm still sober. Excellent. Which is very strange because, uh, as we all know, Chris is famously a raving alcoholic. So how's, how's it going, this old lockdown, without even just a uh, a little snifter to see you through? I have to say I've been having more existential crises uh, during the last few weeks than I have ever done in my entire life. So that's fun. <laughs> I imagine so. Now, guys, obviously you uh, you obviously bear witness to my uh, awful fluffing at the start of this episode. Has the lack of socialising, um, you know, sort of taken a toll on your lives by any chance? Yes, I am a lot shorter. <laughs> shorter tempered or just shorter height wise? Uh, both. You've shrunk. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. 
How? Why? I'm sat down more. Ah, yes. A. There we go. I, there you go. I nice. think. Go. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long time before I will get extremely angry with anybody who steps to me. Probably. <laughs> like, can you imagine how? <clears throat> can you imagine how much we're just going to lose it with people before we're like, oh yeah, no, right, <laughs> it's fine now. I mean, I'm 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 very sort of antisocial, and I just hate being near people in general. So I'm just kind of going about my business as I have done for at least half of my life. Um, you know, it's just it's uh, at least it's got um actual sort of oomph through it and actual like you know there's reason to it you know the fact that the government has told us to steer away from people i'm just yeah, yeah i'm not just carrying on my day i'm awfully life. sorry but the government can go and suck a fucking fart in my opinion it but definitely yeah. can that that, that 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 that's just my opinion and to be perfectly honest with you guys i miss hugging both of you I'm, like i said existential crises i'm just i'm a bit existential at the moment oh mate i miss hugging you guys and i miss other loved ones but as far as, you know, keeping distance from the general public, I'm not going to lie, elements of this are my ideal world. Yeah. I, I, I quite like having to just keep away from other people when I'm out. I quite like there being next to no traffic on the road. I quite like being able to go out for a walk at 8 o'clock at night and there's just nobody out. It, yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah, and, and and today I went for my weekly uh, trip outside. I know we can go out daily, but that's too much <laughs> for me. I just, just go out once, once, once a week to the local shop. So if anything, I'm taking social distancing a lot more serious, and I'm probably saving arguably more lives. Not really, mate. So you're saying that you 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 should get a medal. You're saying that we should be clapping for you. No, I'm not saying you should clap or give me a medal. I'm just saying just just be be. Just you two should be thankful for that, that I'm doing oh, my part, well, at least, yeah. even if some people Thanks. aren't. Well, do you know that Simon hasn't been out at all? Yeah, he produces the show under my stairs, and obviously he's classes my household, so he's actually not allowed to go home. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, because he, yeah. he, was, he, he was in your house uh, uh, editing together an episode, wasn't he, when the lockdown broke, and so he can't leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you feeding him? You know what? I actually totally forgot he existed until you just brought him up. So um, yeah, well, we'll 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 find out later. I'm not rushing to his end. All I'm going to say is, I mean, this show's still happening, so he's probably still alive after being uh, after feasting on the mice, rats, and pigeons, worms, cockroaches, beetles that he's been able to trap while living under your stairs. You calling my house fucking dirty, mate? That's what it sounds like you're doing. No, I'm saying that he's torn up the floorboards and has uh, gone into your the the foundations of your house uh, to find food sources. And to be honest, if you've had a grown-ass man trapped under your stairs, there's at least one room in your house that is. I'm surprised you can't smell it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. I mean, it, you know, whether he is just a walking corpse or not, you know, he's still doing a good job. So let's let's clap for Simon. Little golf clap for Simon. Um, and on the topic of uh, a walking corpse, hey. uh, this episode contains a couple nice little uh, little segas there. Um, with episode six, yeah, we didn't is... write that. No, we didn't. I just sprung to mind because we're geniuses. Um, so this is episode six, entitled episode eighty-one, the Phantom Menace. In this episode, um, Sabrina she works in a brand new coffee shop, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, she causes zombies to walk the earth, and uh, she can't escape the threat. That is uh, Halloween. Um, so, boys, it's, it's that time of year again. Um, happy Halloween. Thank you. I mean, things are pretty scary at the moment. Um, oh, my God. How's Halloween going to work if social distancing still a thing? Oh, it's going to be the best Halloween ever. I mean, Chris, we don't need to worry about it because if we learn one thing from this episode, people in Britain don't know what Halloween is. This is true. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, I think yeah, this Halloween could be the best one ever if you know we are still social distancing because it just means this year I don't have to unplug the doorbell like I do every year. It's just people can people are not going to come a knocking. Um, but... Also, well, also people don't need to wear costumes because people coming to your door would be scary enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Trick or treat, yeah. and you say trick, and they just cough in your face. So exactly. yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's scary times indeed. But uh, yeah, it's it's that magical time of the year for for witches. It's all Hallows Eve. So um, in comparison from Halloween episodes to um, Christmas episodes, obviously this is the the fourth one we're seeing now. Halloween it always comes out on top. Um, Halloween is always much uh, better than uh, Christmas in general, as well as in episodes. So uh, before we dive into this episode, was this another sort of stellar? fun halloween episode stella no i mean it was it was it was a little flimsy in terms of um kind of incorporating magic into halloween i thought i think they are starting to uh run a little dry in that old well i mean you know there were some funny moments i did i did laugh out loud at least one point i can't quite tell you when that was now but um there were some laughs in this episode but i think i think creatively um yeah i think the toll of having to do a halloween episode every season is starting to tell now yeah, no, I would agree. You know, it, it, it's still a, f- a fun, sort of decent outing. But uh, yeah, this was kind of just like a sort of like a less magic-y, magical sort of Halloween episode. It was just, you know, zombies are in everywhere. You know, we don't necessarily need them in Serena. You'd expect something just a bit bit more interesting. But, you know, still, it, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't Christmas episode bad. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was half, half all right, I guess. Chris, same thoughts? Eh. And that's all we get from Chris. Thank you very much. You can put your mic down for a little bit now. Uh, As we uh, jump into the episode. So the episode opens on Salem giving another rendition of his impression of a man I've forgotten the name of. Um, Who who is it again, Graham? You'll know the name of this. Is it Vincent Price? It's certainly... uh, Yeah, I couldn't remember. That's the one. He did this last year. He he spun around in his chair and he was like, Happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's just that's returned and yet another part of, you know, breaking the the fourth wall with it. But uh, yeah, it's nice. Nothing really to report on. Um, Kind of just sets the scene really for a perfectly fine, daft, self-contained Halloween adventure. So, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, But... uh, yeah, but like the last nothing really to write about. Yeah, nothing really to podcast about. So let's crack on. Uh, but uh, but bar oh, one thing, bar bar one or- thing. We've already alluded to it. What does he describe Halloween as? A date in the calendar that British people have not heard of. And I think by 1999, the Americans had already won that one. I mean. We've talked, I think, before about Halloween, certainly in the time of my parents, um, was not that big of a deal, and to the point where all you did was bob for apples, and to that end, my mum, growing up, only knew it as duck apple. It was duck right. apple night. Yeah. So, certainly, they don't have we don't have the rich tradition of massively overdoing Halloween that uh, America does. But by 99, certainly, like, I was, we've talked about this as well before, I was wanting to go trick-or-treating because everybody else was. I was not allowed because it was considered begging. Sorry, America. Sorry, I can't remember who wrote this episode, but, like, no, you'd already beaten us down by that point. We very much knew what Halloween was by 1999. <laughs> the film Halloween had come out 21 years earlier. We, we knew. We knew. We got it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've, I'm sure we've covered this before as well, but... 
We invented Halloween. We did. And then... So, suck that, America. Yeah. Yeah. You always get your best ideas from us. Yeah. Well, your, your best older ideas, your current ideas, not so much. That, that's on you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, we certainly did know what Halloween was, Salem, you old bastard. Um, speaking of bastards, it's time for Chris's attempt at the uh, title sequence because, obviously, since the um, you know the title sequences have gone, the, the gag's gone with it. Uh, so at the start of every episode, we like to create our own little mirror gag based on something vaguely related to the episode, which is something not every episode of uh, seasons prior were able to do. So uh, this week, it's Chris's attempt. So, Chris... Set the scene, tell us your gag. Costume, 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 mirror, 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 costume, costume, costume. The final costume, she's in one of those um, hot dogs, baseball hot dog selling uniforms. Got it. Do, do you know what I mean? So not, not she's not dressed as a hot dog. No, she's not dressed as a she's hot dog. dressed that's, as a hot dog. A hot dog vendor, vendor. as, as a I said, America. Vendor. A yeah. sausage yeah, yeah, yeah. salesperson. Yes. A hot dog vendor. Yeah. Okay. She's dressed as a hot dog ven- vendor, and she's got a um a hot dog on a stick. Okay. She turns, faces the camera, takes a bite out of the sausage. Okay. And okay. discovers it's hollow, <gasps> and then says the following line: "Oh, that's a hollow wiener." <laughs> that's a a good one that's a genuinely good one that's a proper proper joke that it's not even a gag that's a mirror joke that's i mean i think the only criticism i could have of it is that it's too good it's too (laughs) it's too good for these titles it's too funny and also the production value required to actually produce a hollow sausage for her to bite i can't see them committing to but as yeah. a joke, especially see, yeah, that's it's remarkable. Well, it's well done, Chris. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, well, I had to make up for the one that you made me make up in thirty seconds. You. Did. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. That one, but you redeemed it by delivering the the best joke um, I've I've heard during this podcast. Well done. Thank you. I, I I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm quite impressed with it. I had a couple of options. There was one that was going to be something about possession, another word play one. Related Got to it. the episode, but I couldn't quite figure it out. So yeah, went with the hollow wiener. Hollow wiener, excellent. Well, have a hollow wiener to you all. Um, so the we return to the episode. We're in school, and Harvey is going through a checklist of all the things he wants for his Halloween festivities, including deceased pigs. And uh, Sabrina is isn't feeling any of it because her and Dreamer are looking for jobs. <laughs> Dreamer guys, remember her? A complete. Well, she wasn't existed. just a dream. No, no, she wasn't just someone that was just mentioned by name or someone who just wasn't given a second thought. Uh, she's actually a character that has apparently been with us since um, episode two of this season. It had uh, been yeah. so long. It had been so long, sorry, um, that uh, the first scene in which this episode in which Dreamer appears, I was briefly like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, welcome back, Dreamer. Um, yeah, and also from a sort of keeping the audience in the loop perspective, like the first time in this episode that Sabrina does magic in front of Dreamer, like I'm so used to her not being able to do magic in front of anybody other than her family, 
and other witch-related characters that I was like, whoa, you can't do... Oh, right, yeah, she's a witch too. I, like... I did the exact same thing. I, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But yeah, yeah I totally forgot because yeah. we've, we've just... We've just forgotten that she even existed, but uh, yeah, I, I had the same sort of like bum clenchy moment there. Um, Can I also point out that in this episode, as far as I'm concerned, the there is no point to Dreamer. She serves no purpose. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the moment, she's she's not even playing like the best friend role because she's been in two episodes. This being the second one, and yeah, she did she. Did she, I don't think she even did a spell in this episode, so she's just a... She can't do spells, mate. She fucks them up. Well, yeah, but even bad magic and stuff is is still a fun element to the show. She's At the moment, she's just a just a part-time extra at the moment. She, yeah, she barely even has any lines in this. She's like a mobile listening post. She's just something for like, Sabrina to yes. her thoughts off of, and that's it. Hmm. Yeah, she's a sounding board. Yeah, and and, and you know someone who has mu- a much bigger role and clearly has a much bigger role going forward is the new character that we'll meet um, in just a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so we're we're back in that wonderful new coffee shop set that we um, that we that we were introduced in. What is it about TV shows set in the late nineties or the nineties in general that all, they all have to have a coffee shop? I don't get it. What the what the what the hell is that? Why? What, coffee what coffee is sexy. Coffee is cool. Coffee is not sexy. Coffee is not cool. Why? Um, why do they all have mismatching furniture? What? 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 What the hell is this? I would say I think cafe culture did kind of become a thing in the late nineties for whatever reason, like possibly our, you know, our sort of office-based, predominantly work environments and things made you know going to get coffee in the morning or after work or at lunch you know just sort of a part of a part of life for a lot of people um and i just think that friends was massively popular and then other sitcoms copied it and sabrina was no exception i think the jibe about the mismatched mismatched furniture was kind of like a yeah it's like friends like weird little kind of yeah inside joke yeah i didn't like it no me neither i didn't like it you know what i do like Cheers. You want to know why? Set in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also because sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Except at the moment, every day I'm somewhere where everybody knows my name. I want to go somewhere where everybody... you can't go anywhere. Yeah. I want to go somewhere where everybody doesn't know my name. I'd kill for that. I'm sick of everybody knowing my name and everything about me. I'm sick of it. Well, if, if, if you'd kill for it, then you know what to do and where to go afterwards. Yeah. So... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no one will know you there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, remove the sort of the stigmatism that we have uh, for, you know, the distaste we have for these coffee shops. But it's still a nice set. I still like this new location that we get to to hang out. But I have a feeling it's going to get old um, sort of really, really quickly. Uh, but yeah, we're in this it's coffee. It's already old. Have you it, seen the yeah. furniture? It's all like fourth hand. It's all gross. Uh, but yeah, we're in this uh, coffee shop. Sabrina bumps into a 90s philosophy student douchebag with a soul patch who gets her hyped for college. Uh, she then decides that working there would be pretty cool. So she speaks to the manager, busboy, server, cleaner and bouncer, Josh, who offers her a job after she Toby Maguire's the tray he just dropped. Um, so, um, Nice reference. Yes, it is very, very good there for Spider-Man. And she's doing it before, before Toby did it as well. Yeah, Tobe's got nothing on old Sabs. But yeah, so she sorts it all out and he's like, whoa, you can have a job. Um, so this is new guy, Josh. 
um, who um, starts off as, as a just a uh, you know side character, but he, he seems to play a prominent role in the at least the rest of the season. Anyway, I don't know if he appears in any other seasons. Um, but uh, Graham, you're normally the homework man. Did you happen to get any info on the, on our old mate Josh? I certainly did. So everybody, say a big sunshine hello to David Rasher. He's this is interesting, Phil. He is the um, son of a lawyer from Scarsdale, New York, which uh, gives him the exact same background as Paul Heyman. Um, right. But but um, that not that notwithstanding, he'd had two major roles up to this point. Um, he played the main love interest in the early nineties sitcom Blossom. Um, and the role of the... Because uh, Blossom was the teenage girl, and he was her love interest. And uh, Blossom had a younger sister, and that role was originally offered to one Melissa Joan Hart, uh, ah. who declined because she would rather do uh, Clarissa Explains It All instead. So how about that? Um, he also had a recurring role, a recurring guest star role, in the sitcom version of Clueless, which... In digging up that, I learnt, Phil, that um, in episode one of Clueless, features a cameo from not just Melissa Joan Hart, but from Sabrina. So, uh, that's one we've missed. 1996, Sabrina appears in oh, Clueless. So there's a bonus. You know, I I don't know what context, but I, ha- I have watched it. And yeah, she is, she is as... She's like, at the end, she just magics away and... She, and um go from clueless is like oh what the hell is all that about yeah i i have watched it and i don't know in what context it must have been obviously during the course of the uh the podcast but yeah we haven't really dis- we haven't discussed it at but all bonus but bonus episode for, um, for the future maybe? was was that was that maybe was that maybe part of the time ball episode it actually wasn't i don't think it was before no. that it's like i think it i think it was because it's 96 so it's when sabrina started i think it was like hey you want to know what that's about check out our new show sabrina the teenage witch i think it's that kind of um, kind yeah, of thing. No, it, it must be. Yeah, uh... he's more or less stopped acting in the last like twenty years. Other than uh, a two-episode run on Melissa and Joey, so uh, he, yeah, oh. really likes working with our uh, our Melissa. Yeah, that's sort of like paths keep. Um, maybe they're like star-crossed lovers, and they, you know they're, they're always meant to be, but they're always not. Apart from when he was a love interest and she was a child, uh, well, they're probably not lovers at that point. But that's bad news for one Jill London. Uh, with whom he has three children, um, so uh, you know. Yeah, so, sorry, love. If you if you're watching, it's yeah. just sorry, Jill, 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 Jill. If you're listening, sorry. <sighs> but yeah, back at the club sorry. shop, and Hilda and Zelda return from a roller coaster that wasn't scary enough for them. They should have gone on the one where Libby's grandma died on it. That would have sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> Good throwback. Nice, uh, but. Uh, so, yeah, they just wish for one thing in this not-so-cruel world. Um, you know, they just want something to scare them. It's Halloween. It's their, their most wonderful time of the year for them, and they just want to be scared, but, you know, nothing is coming to them. Um, but, yeah, really, they should give Ken a call because he's certainly the scariest motherfucker in Westbridge. Oh, yeah. Um, Back in the Spellman house, and no doubt... Hell yeah. I <laughs> say, back in the Spellman house, and no doubt Graham came when Sabrina brewed a coffee in that beautiful, beautiful urn. Oh yeah, oh my god, that is a handsome urn. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, she compares herself to Juan Valdez. Who is that, you ask? He is the mascot of the Colombian uh, coffee growers, coffee growing industry. Um, is that the guy on the donkey? 
Yes, that's the guy. That's who she's talking about. A fictitious coffee mascot. That's who she's comparing who, herself who to. Who delivers coffee to Bruce Almighty's um, bedroom window. He sure as shit does, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Okay, nice. Well, yeah, obviously the the the, the main sort of cast member that we do like is that beautiful urn, which I believe is its third appearance. It's been with say. us. It's been with us for a while. That thing is gorgeous. Oh. I want to know where it is now. I want to own it. I want to um, bathe in it. I want to bathe in it. I want its babies. <laughs> um, which are little cups of coffee, by the way. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nice, but yeah. So it, uh, yeah, that, that urn makes a um, sort of a beautiful appearance. Sadly, though, the same can't be said for uh, Dreamer, who says that the coffee is vile. Um, obviously, the coffee, yeah, not not the urn. Uh, back in the shop, and Salem suggests heading to the graveyard and reading chapters of his scary book, The Tales of Salem, which actually seems to terrify them. The fact that Salem just wants to narrate a story. Um, so yeah, he's the Tales of Salem. That could just be the name that we give that Salem origin stories that we've uh, said that we'll write, but we won't. Uh, yep. So there we go, the Tales of Salem. Uh, but instead, Hilda and Zelda decide to use their time travel clock to invite Edgar Allan Poe to dinner to read them his stories. Now, we're going to meet Edgar Allan Poe literally um, a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that's their, that's their adventure that they're up to this week is Hilda and Zelda are entertaining uh, Mr. Poe um, for, um, yeah, just for for dinner and some scary stories. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. You hear the phrase, oh, let's invite uh, Edgar Allan Poe for dinner. That let's popular phrase. The, you know, let, let and let's use the time travel clock to get him here. And you're thinking, holy crap, that's an episode I want to watch, not, oh, and here's Edgar. It's like, how the... I mean, come on, guys. I say they've got such a great plot device they could literally do it could just if if this entire season was adventures where hilda zelda and sabrina and salem were just using that time travel clock just to go to places or bring people to that world if the entire season was there and that'd be great something different a bit strange and no real sort of character or story progression but still great fun but no it's just is edgar Allan poe where is he oh he's here we've just brought him we haven't gone and got him he's, he's just here but yeah what a waste and and the thing is, they, they didn't even need the clock to do that. I'm pretty sure you can just magic people in. I mean, we've magicked Britney Spears in before. Why the hell can't we magic Edgar Allan Poe in? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the possible distinction of Britney being a living person. Maybe dead people you have to magic out the time. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm sure we've magicked in someone who's dead before. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no, I'm pretty sure Britney Spears is dead. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's alive, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> or, Bloody no, hell. I'm sure... What did she ever do to you? Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we've magicked a dead person in before. Oh, well, just in a couple of episodes ago, there was um, William Shakespeare, Emily Dickinson... There and... you go. Done. Precisely. And in what circumstances yeah. did they encounter Freud as well? I'm sure that wasn't time travel related. It was just there, Yeah, that it? was not time... Ta- exactly. So, yeah. boom. I mean... Knowledged. Although to be fair, Look, Sigmund you time travel clock. Sigmund Freud is still alive because he's guested on this very show. So uh, this is true. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. during the time where he was cryogenically frozen. You don't know he's guested on this show, Chris, because you weren't there. You slipped out. No, so, you told uh, me. You told oh, yeah. me he guested. Yeah. yeah. And I listened to the episode. Thank you. Yeah. 
I didn't. And Edgar Allan Poe is at least one of them is still alive, and we will find out a little bit more mm. about that in a sec. Um, but uh, yeah, so Salem claims he gave Edgar Allan Poe all his ideas as well, because um, you know I like that. I like knowing that Salem's been just like Hilda and Zelda; they've been to all these places, they met all these people. Um, back in the coffee shop, and Sabrina is learning firsthand from new recurring cast member Josh about how to bus a table, and from one table to another. Edgar Allan Poe has RSVP'd and he's coming to dinner. So Hilda and Zelda start getting giddy about decorating the house. Sabrina isn't, however, as she says she's outgrown this kid stuff and she won't be attending as she's working. Zelda says, however, that as uh, she's a witch, she can't escape Halloween. And with that, an ominous starts echoing through the house. And it happens again while she's chatting with Salem upstairs about her shift. Yeah, so, so again, this is the um, the turbulent sort of part of sabrina's day today is uh yeah she can't escape halloween as a witch she must um she must sort of just yeah. embrace it so um yeah that's um very again very a very strange decision by the witch council just to make witches that they must submit to uh the wonders of halloween no i'm pretty sure we we've had this conversation before where we sabrina had to adhere to halloween she couldn't escape it i'm sure that was a thing she tried to avoid it. So is Halloween the sort of witching equivalent of Remembrance Day? It's like compulsory and respect and respectful in, to attend it. In this country, certainly, if you if you don't wear a poppy, you're going to hell. Is it that kind of thing? If yeah, if you don't wear a poppy, you're a bad person. Is yes. It, is, yeah, is Halloween that kind of thing? You have to participate. If you don't, witching society looks down on you. You know, greatly. You're a bad witch. You, wo- you won't escape it. There's no way you won't know it's happening. There's no way you won't be sort of roped into participating in it in some way. Like you can't be out in public on that day without it being fusted upon you. Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah, I mean, at, at least this idea of Halloween not escaping—it's just a couple of comedy zombies. You know, that's fine. You can brush that off. Um, if it was escaping Halloween in the sense of the haunted mask episode of Goosebumps, where it's just a floating head fucking following you around the graveyard, that shit I could not deal with. I would just lie down and embrace Halloween as much as possible. So speaking of Sabrina's shift, Sabrina is staring down the world's first pumpkin spice coffee and Harvey and Brad come in talking about the house that they're going to egg, the front lawns they're going to streak on and the poop they're going to burn. Um, and if this is what they mean by the fact that we don't celebrate or know Halloween, I'm glad we um, yeah, I'm glad we don't embrace burning poo. Yeah, that's that that. Yeah, that's that's very American, you know. The lighting a, a, a paper bag of feces on someone's front doorstep so they have to stamp it out and then get shit all over the foot. I mean, I the idea of shitting in anything that's not my own toilet yeah. is just it's just not on, not on my list. Oh of no, 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 Phil, 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 Phil. It's not human shit. You no, can... it's not your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go to the park and find dog shit. You don't shit in a paper fucking bag like a weirdo. They're not animals. I mean, I understand where where you got that thought from, but I mean, come on, mate. Americans make up a lot of our listenership. You've got to watch yourself. Define shit. No, I'm not saying all Americans do. I just said that that's what I thought I would do. I thought I, you know, you would just have to shit in a bag, set it on fire, and be like, "Oh, there's me poo." <laughs> so okay, that's not the case. 
if well, let's let's be clear. If you want to avoid handling poo, that is the best way to do it. You shit yeah. in that bag. Yeah, you poo directly. Directly into, into the yeah. bag, exactly. So to be honest, I mean, it's, Rob- it's how Robert De Niro would do it, though. To be fair, exactly. Who's so? Who's the animal here? I mean, you know, I think that's how we British would do it because we're a more civilized culture. Um, yeah, we're like, you know what? I'm not picking up any dirty shit that doesn't belong to me. I'm gonna shit in my own. I'm gonna sh- use my own shit in my own bag and throw it in my own British arm. I think, yeah, that's definitely the way we would do it. No, you don't. You don't throw the bag, you just, mate. Oh, I'm still. I'm still not understanding it. You carefully place it in the front of someone's uh, the on someone's front doorstep. Light it on fire. Knock on the door, run, hide, and watch. Well, Phil is is saying throwing because he is uh, more familiar with the traditional British custom of when you see somebody who is not very good at a music festival of shitting in a bottle and throwing said bottle at the stage. That's how we roll. How do you shit into a bottle? With great difficulty, I imagine. I've not done it. Um, the same way you would build a little ship inside a glass bottle, you just build a little a little shit inside a plastic one amidst and it, a crowd of people. It, 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 it folds. It so, folds in. Yeah. Um, uh, no. In all seriousness, how would you shit in a bottle? I mean, that's got to be some really bad fucking diarrhea you got there. I mean, you're at a fest. You've, you've got to be shitting through the eye of a needle for you're that. You're at a festival eating those burgers. I mean, I can't imagine anyone shitting quite right. <laughs> <I've> looked... <laughs> Everyone's drinking so much as well. Yeah, like they won't. They won't yeah, be and there's all, they won't there's be all the shit. drugs as well going around. You know, who knows what they do to your body? Yeah. The drugs. But uh, yeah, that's... oh well, cocaine con you. So if you're on coke, you won't be taking a shit. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Okay, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, sorry, I, I completely misunderstand the, uh, the the American custom. I thought it was like a Molotov cocktail. You just shit in a bag, set it on fire, <laughs> and, and, and throw it. That's what I believed they were on about. And no, I didn't realise it was just a civil wow. placement on a front door, and then you walk away. Okay. Hang on a minute. Secondly, hang though. on a minute. So you shit that you get shit in a bag. You light that on fire, but you also throw toilet paper over the house. Now that I mean, that's going up in flames, stinky flames. <laughs> you kind of like clean, cleaning up after yourself in a very indirect way. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah. how about how about that the pumpkin spice latte thing? Because they're like, no one's gonna want. It's like you know when you get these shows that are like set in the past, but they're made now, and they're like, oh well, buh buh buh. That'll never catch on. And it's yeah. like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, because that thing's really popular now. It's a bit like that, except this was was actually made in 1999 and set in 1999. There's this whole thing like, no one's going to want coffee that tastes of pumpkin. And lo and behold. Yeah, I th- I thought the behold. exact same thing. It, 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 and that, um, you know, just sort of... Uh, set up they said you know about things made now sort of going you know ebay that sounds really stupid how is that going to catch up it is exactly that sort of thing and i i thought the exact same thing um yeah it's just yeah. very strange you know if yep. there's another episode where they're like hazelnut coffee oh gross you know and it's just yeah, yeah. ginger they red, re- you're having a laugh red red yeah, cup. Reckoned- who wants to drink out of a fucking red cup yeah yeah they haven't reckoned on one mr howard schultz at all and yeah that was quite fascinating Mm. But yeah, very very interesting. Mm. But yeah, about the mm. vile sort of. Uh, I mean, yeah, pumpkin is is vile anyway. But yeah, there we go. Um, and just to clarify, yes, um, uh, that Harvey and Brad are going to politely place a flaming bag of poo on a doorstep and not throw it like a uh, a maniac. 
And the poo, not theirs. Yeah, the poo, not theirs. Um, poo, not theirs. Poo, not theirs. Not, not hum- it's not human poo. It's animal poo. Animal poo, not theirs. Animal poo. Not not human poo. Good it is. Uh, but hey, you know, if you want to try something different this Halloween, yeah, just use your own shit in your own bag, set on fire and throw it, just see what happens. We'll, uh, we'll... You know what? Why dispense with the bag? Just shit in your hand and throw it at someone's window. <laughs> shit in your hand, set your hand on fire and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly get rid of the smell. <laughs> Replace it with flesh. It's just a magic to do with the burning. <laughs> 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 Happy Halloween! <laughs> We've got to be inclusive on this podcast. I mean, if you want to celebrate Halloween that way, that's fine. If that's your bag, then no, uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> Josh, meanwhile, decides to leave Sabrina working her second shift on her own, claiming he trusts her. And Sabrina rightfully calls him out on that. Um, obviously, because it's just a bit weird, you know. Hey, Sabrina, work the shift, and she actually stands up for herself and says, "No, you're a maniac." And so it's nice that Sabrina is, or she's been written cleverly anyway. Well, first of all, that's very accurate in terms of working these menial service jobs. That you will be, you will have a undue amount of responsibility fusted upon you for minimum wage when you've barely got any experience. That happens a lot. So that's an accurate depiction, I would say. And and she mentions that a lot as well. She does say like um like when he says, "Do you want to work Halloween?" She's like, "What cleaning tables for minimum wage to awful people?" Yeah, why not? So there's a lot of commentary on doing remedial or too much work for for nout. What isn't realistic is she wants to fuck him and not kill him. Yeah, I was gonna make the point about the the fact that like, yeah. we're we're in the late nineties, so in America, minimum wage jobs are, were completely different in relation to what they're like now. So it was genuinely pittance. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure you're not legally allowed to leave a new employee of that age in charge of a shop. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. And the third thing I want to say is that Josh fella just wanted to go and get some Halloween poontang. I think he did. He said he wanted to study and he's like, nah, fucking no, he wants to get some Hallow- Halloween bits we were we were like that once and you know we were absolutely mm. you know we were absolutely swimming in the stuff weren't we yes i i was swimming <laughs> yeah. swimming in the in the library yeah we were swimming in books swimming in bags of my own poo <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah it's but you know sabrina shouldn't worry because apparently it's always a morgue on halloween and no doubt it literally will be shortly so cue the ominous Ooh. Uh, just as Sabrina is getting comfortable working, a bloke comes in and tells her that he wants to chop her up into tiny pieces. Either that or she misheard and he wants a coffee. But no, I think it's the other way around. I think he did actually say, I want to cut you up. No, sorry, I want a coffee because he looks um, a little strange. Um, also, it turns out he's a psychopath because he orders a black coffee. And it also turns out he's just a dick because he complains that it's so strong. Um, he also says it's so strong it would wake the dead. Um, so uh, you know again morgue maybe it is built on an actual morgue because she pours the coffee down a grid and dead people come out of it so it's <laughs> thank um... you thank I've been waiting for this moment what the fuck was that 
were there just a bunch of dead bodies down in the sewers for some reason? Was was the coffee place built on an ancient Indian burial ground? What the fuck? I mean, you can't wake the dead. Oh, the coffee's so strong it can wake the dead. But the only way the coffee could wake the dead is if the coffee got onto the lips of the dead. Therefore, they must have been dead down in the fucking sewers all the entire time. So it doesn't even make any logical sense. Boom. Yeah. Where did the dead people come from? Who's the fucking murderer? I was going to say, if, if it's like when you flush, when, say, you flush baby alligators down the toilet and they grow into big, ferocious monsters, uh, alligators in the sewers. Maybe it's that there was just, Westbridge has got a dark history people don't talk about where people were notoriously flushing babies down the toilet and then they've just then become zombies in the sewers. Maybe maybe the sewer people opposed to zombies and we shouldn't be judgmental. I mean, obviously, neither of you are familiar with the Westbridge catacombs. Clearly not. Enlighten us. Ancient cities like ancient cities, Paris and Rome and West <laughs> Massachusetts, all, all, all have, all have uh, these subterranean places where the, the, the dead are buried, um, and that's where she's tipping the coffee into. Now, Graham, you say you say ancient cities. Yes. Westbridge. Yes. If we, if as a city, as a town, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Would only been founded after 1776. Um, it's about time I told you that I am a Mormon, and I believe <laughs> that the Holy Land was in fact in the United States, and therefore Westbridge could have been founded um, BC, before coffee. Before co- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The dead rested for years because there was no coffee, but now there is. That's awoken them. That's it. Wow. Excellent. And yeah, so there we, there we go, guys. Aren't you glad you listened to this? We're filling out this um, this world that the writers didn't bother to explore. The ancient catacombs of Westbridge, full of just people just asleep. And then, yeah, coffee wakes them up and that's it. Nightmare. Well, I mean, yeah, so that they come out, don't they? And they're very much like... It's very much like a the the video thriller by Redacted. Do you remember that when we were when we were kids? When Redacted was the biggest pop star on earth. No, no, uh, no. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange that there's dead dead people in the sewers. Um, unless it's kind of those homeless people that we joked about in the uh, the other season. Oh, they were living in the sewers, weren't they? Yeah, Stinky and his mates. Yeah. But yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, so so she just pours coffee down the grid, and it's either built on top of an ancient burial ground, like um, from dusk till dawn. Yeah, instead of a tr- strip club, it's a it's a uh, coffee shop, um, or there's just people being flushed down the toilet or the, in the catacombs. So whatever it is, whatever's the most plausible, you believe it. Go on. You <laughs> the toilets it. are very powerful in Westbridge. People <laughs> are constantly <laughs> flushing themselves down and drowning. That's not an explanation we've explored, but that's possible as well. Despite hating Halloween, Sabrina is pretty jumpy and craps herself when Dreamer walks into the coffee shop wearing costume. Either that, or like us, she just forgot who the hell she was. We also finally see up close on Sabrina's apron that the name of the coffee shop is... Boys, did you catch this? No. The coffee shop is called... Been There, Brewed That. No. Get out of it. Been There, Brewed That. No. I refuse. Oh, I hope that is never said out loud as a line. <laughs> I don't think I could bear the cringe. That's horrible. There you go, guys. Is your li- are your lives better or worse after um, hearing that? 
Worse. Comprehensively worse. (laughs) Uh, I didn't think my life could get worse, but well done. (laughs) You've done it. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Dreamer gets roped into making coffees because an, uh, an AA meeting just let out, so they use magic and frothy noises to make the coffees. Meanwhile, the patrons of her last batch of coffee are stumbling out of the alleyway. In the Spellman house, meanwhile, an Edgar Allan Poe has turned up and Hilda and Zelda can't stop fangirling, leaving Salem to be a little upset. But upset turns to pissed offness when Hilda ropes him into dressing up as a raven to make Edgar seem more at home. Now, Graham, Edgar Allan Poe, who is he? Well, Edgar Allan Poe, I mean, are we all fans of Poe? Yes. The the author, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, so yes, obviously Edgar Allan Poe himself had passed away in the 1840s. He was long gone by the time uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch came around. I'm sure he would have been delighted to have been invited onto the show. Unfortunately, uh, he was long dead. Um, so instead, we get Edgar Allan Poe the Fourth. Now, this guy is an actor. He's been in a lot of things. Quite often playing Edgar Allan Poe, but not exclusively. Right. He is, you know, just sort of like a, a jobbing actor. He's been, you know, a few different things. Apparently he was in Cape Fear, the De Niro uh, film, um, and things like that. Um, yeah, and I... Wait, did you just say his name was Edgar Allan Poe the Fourth? Yes, I did. And I had... Like, l- genuinely? Yes. Yeah. He is, ale- um, he is allegedly, allegedly, I couldn't find much reference to this, but I did find an article which claimed he is the great, great, great grandnephew of uh, Mr. Poe himself. The oh, oh, he's not even a grandson, he's a fucking grandnephew. That's not even worth, re- re- you know, mentioning. Oh. He died a long time ago. Um, yeah. And also, you know, I would, I would, I would say if I saw Edgar Allan Poe right now, I would, I would tell him uh, that I've been to the year nineteen ninety-nine. Not much has changed, but they have the internet, and your great, great, great grandnephew is pretty fine. <sighs> that happened. That happened. Yeah. He was like, well, funnily enough, there's a reference to the internet from Mr. Poe later on, but we'll get to that. Certainly, it's unfortunately no references to Busted in this. Uh, it's still a while before they, uh, they're a thing, aren't they, Graham? Th- three, three years. Three years. Three years, or to be more precise, a thousand and one years until they're really something. Well, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, there we go. So, yeah. Uh, well, a, a, a thousand and one years until they outsell Redacted. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, right, Redacted, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just right. got who that is. Come on. Fair. <laughs> All right, I get it now. Also, on that song by Redacted with the zombies in the video uh, yeah. was Vincent Price. He did a voiceover on it, didn't he? So, That's uh, he did, yeah. The funk of a thousand years, all that, so yeah. Darkness falls. Yeah, all that. Children weeping, that sort of thing. That's what he says, isn't he? I mean, children were often weeping when Redacted was around, but that's uh, <laughs> another story for another time. When you're saying redacted, I was thinking I've never heard of these. It's not like, <laughs> like, 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 like an industrial like, like rock band. I was like, I've not heard anything by them. <laughs> they were big, in, yeah, they were big in Portland in 1991. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Um... <laughs> right, I get, I get, I get the joke. It's late, but I get it. Thank you very much, Greg.
And we got back in the cafe and the lights go out. Thunderstorm crashes and zombies are trying to get in and eat their faces. As for Hilda and Zelda's faces, theirs are of delight as Edgar Allan Poe polishes off tons of roast beef and desserts. Perhaps the scariest tale he produced tonight is out of his arse. He prepares to read something new and Hilda prepares herself for a fright. Because ah, it's going to be awesome. Sabrina gives Salem a call to ask him about the warning Zelda gave her before. Turns out that she can't escape Halloween and if she tries to, it will always find her. And... It won't be happy at that. Oh. He reluctantly tries to research how to resolve this and Sabrina and Dreva prepare themselves to be eaten alive. Yet the only thing alive is that party atmosphere. As the zombies, they just want to have a Halloween shindig. And um, yeah, so the, Hall so the zombies have been risen by coffee to um, just to fuck coffee to a party, I guess. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, God, this is exciting. Um, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. <laughs> we've been doing this episode because phil i assume you've continued as we all were doing together before this foolishness watching the dvd version yes chris and i meanwhile have been watching on daily motion yes so I... so, so, so that needs to be redacted you, you've been watching it by other means oh yeah i've been watching it by yeah i've been watching it by michael jackson and <laughs> um so what song did the zombies dance to Phil? Oh, it was just the most. Oh, it was just drivel. Um, yeah, I just put like I only imagine it was a banger because what they were because it went on for far too long and it was just awful. God. It was it was oh. no like jigsaw music or anything. It was just it was just the worst. Good, good God, this is exciting because we've we've wondered all the way through, haven't we? When we've been watching these DVDs, like there would have been a licensed song that went there, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. Sometimes our wonderful listeners have told us what that song was, but for the most part, we've kind of been in the dark. But ha, now, now you're in the dark, but me and Chris aren't. So I yeah, we know, we know. I want you to guess, Phil. Yeah, what song were the zombies dancing to? And as Clue, the group responsible for this song have guest starred in Sabrina before. Okay. Well, that makes me think of it was Backstreet Boys. Correct. Which song do you think it was? I mean, it would have been sort of like Backstreet's Back because that's their halloween -y video song. But something tells me that's not it. That's not it. It's another song which had a something like a sci-fi like video. And it, I think it has, it has elements of the Halloween to it somehow. There's an evil laugh in this song, for example. Oh, is it um Is it Larger Than Life? It is indeed. They are dancing oh. to Larger Than Life. We get an extended like you say it goes on a long time, an extended play of the Backstreet Boys Larger Than Life, if you were tuning into this um on television in nineteen ninety nine, that's what you would have heard. And if oh. it, and just so that you're very aware I took no notice of what song was playing. <laughs> you didn't appreciate it, Chris, you monster. You didn't deserve the televised cut. Oh, um, I mean, I, I, it's fine, Chris, it's fine. It's just I know that you can't see how your life's affecting your reality, which, I mean, I, 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 I pity you for that. But, uh, yeah. Every time we're down, you can't make it right. And that, my friend, makes you larger than life. This like it wasn't a montage; it was just a series of things that happened. And in my version, it was just went on for far too long. It was just boring. But yeah, I imagine now with larger than life in the background, it was, it was, it was moving. There was pace to it. There was excitement to it. So uh, I, think, no. I think it was moving from an emotional perspective. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. 
Bludgeoning Life is a gem, though. So I yeah, it absolutely it. is. I imagine so, and it would make any anyone rise from the dead and boogie to it, and it often does. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm it's 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 I'm I'm upset that we um, I missed that, but uh, yeah, again, it's just a series of things: heads falling off, arms coming off, people being led in a zombie conga line, led out of it. Yada yada. Sort of no time to really dwell on it, but uh, yeah, it it happens, and I wish I'd watched the uh, the illegal version well what we and chris actually did is we went in the time clock back to 1999 and watched it on tv there was right. no there was no illegality involved just magic okay excellent well that that's that's all that's all that any lawyers need to know <laughs> um eventually after conga lines head throwing and arms coming off the phone rings and it's salem with the solution sabrina must have fun on halloween to make it all go away wouldn't you know uh, so when brad and harvey rock up with toilet paper they just make a mess and wrap the zombies up in perhaps the strongest toilet paper known to man and then it made me finally remember guys when toilet paper was widely available and you could just waste it like that uh, the 90s were great uh Back home, and Edgar Allan Poe is just wrapping up the dullest story ever written. He hates horror. First of all, yes. First of all, I like the one line of dialogue from a zombie. They can speak. So we get a zombie going, Toilet paper! <laughs> I didn't. I missed that. Highlight of the episode for me. Was that, was that the thing that you laughed out loud about? Yeah, maybe, maybe it, wasn't, it wasn't the thing I was thinking of, but yeah, maybe that was edited out of your version because maybe you said it over the top of larger than life. I don't know, but um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I like that. It's just that's maybe something that zombies love for you know they don't just hunt for brains or find their loved ones. It's just they just want toilet paper. And of course... well, yeah, I mean, if you eat that much brains, Phil, you're gonna need the toilet paper. I mean, you <laughs> you'd be able to shit into a bottle. <laughs> and then th- yeah that's it that's that's i guess you know that's what we all need in these festivals if you are out there and you're thinking i can't wait to shit in a bottle and throw it at someone i don't like at a festival eat a brain because it's probably yeah. going to going to help a lot that's why they're groaning they really need a shit and <laughs> <laughs> contrary to popular belief they are not feral they are very civilized and they will not do so unless they have the relevant materials that's what it is. So maybe they're not saying brains, they're just saying like Bran. <laughs> Brands. 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 Yeah. Brands. <laughs> They've had too yeah. They've had too they much bran. They need <laughs> They've had too much bran. <laughs> Brands. Yeah, that's exactly what they're shouting for. So if you do see a zombie, don't aim for its head. Just just take it to the toilet. It will I guarantee it'll be absolutely right as rain. Uh, once it's finished its proper session. <laughs> Excellent. Can be killed by removing the shit or destroying the arse. <laughs> oh, we've had we've we have got a very uh downstairs theme today, haven't we, chaps? A very a very a very um, feces heavy episode this one. I do, I do. Apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just keep piling the shit on. Yeah, it's very, very, very scatological. And I mean, you know, if you're into that, good for you. If you're not, uh, I apologize. Very Indeed. scatterbrained. Indeed. We certainly are. Um, uh, scatterbrained. <laughs> scatterbrained. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, so Edgar Poe turns out he hates horror. Um, and he's just taken to writing inspirational liter- literature, much to Hilda and Zelda's dismay. Harvey, Brad and Dreamer leave the coffee shop in a state, uh, not as big a state as the zombies will be in a sec. Um, and just as Sabrina is about to finish a cleaning up incantation, 
Josh rocks up in disbelief over the mess. I mean, it's his fault. Uh, but he doesn't fire her and instead scares her and then gives her a tootsie pop and a little yeah, smile. And I sense a bit of tension here, chaps. Is he going to be a threat to Harvey? Now, I want to take us back a step here, Phil. Yeah, Another please. moment where Brad, the witch hunter, on Halloween is completely surrounded by witchy business and does fucking yeah. nothing. Yeah, I, I was just about to mention that as well because it, it's, again, these... Well, I mean... Um, these zombies haven't been brought to life through magic coffee specifically, though. They've just been brought to life by coffee that's They're just zombies, so strong. That's not normal. But no, still... no, 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 no. The zombies have been brought to life because Sabrina is avoiding yep. Halloween. Therefore, it is witchy business. Therefore, the witch hunter, who is Brad, on Halloween, when the veil between the two worlds is the thinnest, should be on fucking high alert, not throwing fucking toilet paper across a bunch of zombies. I mean, he is the worst witch hunter. And that, and that doesn't mean he's hunting the cast of the ITV uh, children's show, The Worst Witch. It means he is, of witch hunters, he is the worst, by far. I think, I almost think that idea has been dropped in favour of a will she leave Harvey for her hunky coffee man um, storyline instead. I think yeah. the, the hunky coffee man storyline will... Um, dry up about mid-season and then after the mid-season it's going to go into a witch hunter territory and I think they're just buying their time and just being absolutely shite about the entire endeavour well that's it, there's been so many instances where this plot line that was so exciting when we first were introduced to it would have just made total sense like the last episode with all those magical items, perfect this where they're surrounded by um, yeah, zombies and Serena casting magic all over the place, and you know, just nothing, nothing. Would you say, guys, potentially that there is an element of desperation slipping in here? Like maybe we have to keep people interested with this kind of intrigue, because I mean, this this episode ends on something which I don't think we've ever had before. I think they've got too many things going on. It's a guest star. I don't think has appeared on the show before. Uh, is at the end of this episode. I speak, of course, of Mr. Clifford Hanger, um, who pops in. And yeah, I, I wonder if they're yeah, they're kind of like desperately trying to keep people interested because they know the shine is maybe going off now. And that yeah, like you say, Chris, like they've they're throwing a lot of shit. I don't know if it's on fire or not, but they're throwing a lot of shit on the wall and seeing if it sticks. Again, we've had so many ups and downs about Harvey and Sabrina. Are they stable? Are they to be together? And just as we're like, oh, is he going to be a threat to Harvey? Well, yeah, after one scene, Sabrina admits that uh, she has a big crush on Josh. And it's like, you know, it's just now we're suddenly, as you say, suddenly switching gears. And we're just like, okay, well, forget for now. The biggest thing you need to worry about as a as a teenage view of our show is Sabrina's love for a new man. And, you know, and it's it's not what people... Tune, oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely not what people have tuned in and not really appreciated throughout because it's just, it's just not as interesting as fucking magic. I don't know, actually, Phil. I mean, we've talked about this before that I think for the target audience, which don't forget is kind of in the um, preteen uh, demographic. I think the relationship between Sabrina and Harvey is very important. 
I think any threat to that would be taken very seriously by them. I think that okay. is kind of grabbing the audience by its feels and being like, look, Sabrina might be leaving Harvey. And they get a bit more intimate. There's a proper Sabrina Harvey kiss in this episode as well. Um, where you yeah, actually, yeah. To, to kind of remind you, you know, like these two are a couple. They very much really do care about each other. They're an established thing. And there was this new threat in the form of Josh. And, you know, he's not some sort of devious manipulator who's trying to tear her away from her boyfriend. He is just a nice guy that she's looked at and thought, hmm. So, yeah, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of introducing an interesting new variable. I will, I, I will say that. And I think to the target audience, this probably is the right thing to introduce to keep people interested. But they've got a witch hunter that they're doing nothing with. And in the past, we did have Dashiell, who was a nice guy. He and he just happened to be a witch as well, and she just obviously just chose Harvey because he was the right person for her. But again, like we've already had a Josh in the form of Dashiell, who is more interesting because he was he was a witch, and that yeah, was I think just, got... just an, the other season. Again. Unless Josh turns out to be a werewolf, I'm not interested. Yeah, I think they got yeah they, they are going back to a well, but I mean like Dashiell was very short lived. Um, whereas I think this is going to be a much longer. Like, mm. Do you know what they should have done? They should have had the new boy she fancies be the witch hunter. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if Josh, yeah. the boy that she's suddenly having feelings for, and in the exact same way she's like, "Oh, I have feelings for him. I think I really, you know, I really like him." He's then talking to one of his mates, what, and she's like, "Oh, that Sabrina girl. Something's a bit off with her." And yeah, there was a relationship blooming there, but it turns out he's the, um, you know, or it didn't even need to be. Maybe she started fancying Brad instead, and you know, it, it's yeah, like you know, it's. There's two there's two good things and they're just not really clicking together. It's just they're trying to pack too much into um a season. What they've done is what they're doing right now is the Spider Man threeing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 really, really are, yeah. They're Spider Man threeing it. That's what's happening right now. Because instead, yeah, we've got kind of we've got Brad there as this just really poorly defined character but they seem to have forgotten why he was introduced in the first place. And now this other love interest is coming along to almost kind of steal the yeah, steal the thunder of Brad even more than he already has. He's already like a nothing character. Yeah. But no, I think I think your um wave sorry up Chris is perfect. This this is Spider Man three just a few years before Spider Man three was Spider Man three. <laughs> this is the second time we've referenced the Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy on this episode. Yes. Yeah. Are we saying that Sam Raimi stole all his ideas from Sabrina? Not all of them. Some. So, boys, there we go. That was episode six, uh, entitled episode 81, funnily enough, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, why was it called that? I've waited to the end of the episode to ask this. This was released, uh, like, a few months or six months after the release of episode one for Star Wars The Phantom Menace. So I assume it's just, uh, hey, let's just name it, but not have any link there wasn't yeah, even like that was the big sum up if, if, no, no, if the no, episode no, no. was about like a poltergeist or something then okay so oh, yeah, that's that's like a phantom but it was just just the zombies weren't even menacing they were just they were, they were just wanted to have a party there's nothing phantomy or menacey about no, it. my concern i don't give a crap about the title i give a crap about episode 81 what the fuck is that about i, I well I kind of like that that they did because it's like episode one and they did it was episode I of course in the the writing 
you know the um you know the, the syntax of it uh, in the star wars film so yeah like that was episode one the phantom menace so this is episode 81 of sabrina so it's episode 18 81 the phantom menace I, yeah i can't, I can't. Yes. is this actually episode 81 it is and it's and it's done in roman numerals yeah, in the episode like title that. so i'll give them that i think that's quite that's but uh, yeah, Phantom Menace. There's nothing phantomy or menacing uh, about it, really, which which in itself is a bit menacing. But there we go, just another tie-in for a uh, Halloween episode that was um, it was all right. And if anything, we just um... the, the the Phantom the Phantom Menace itself, the Star Wars film, is pretty terrifying. You know, they spent eighty. Yeah, just look at Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I mean, they spent eighty. <laughs> they spent eighty million dollars on that, and they. And they let them. That that is scary. It so, does have uh, the best fight scene in any Star Wars, though. Proper choreographed fight. So it's got that. And it does have Boss Nass, who is you know my who I model my life on. So uh... <laughs> yeah, and and obviously the film the film is a little ra- is it's not even a little. It's quite racist. Uh, but yeah, it's very very strange. But let's um you know enough about uh, numbers of episodes. Let's give them numbers of scores because at the end of every episode, we like to review it on a uh, certain uh, set criteria. They are magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys, because I'll edit it together so it sounds like we're all in sync. Progression. Um. So, boys, first of all, magic. Just how magical was this episode? I'm yeah. going straight in with uh one. Yeah, okay, I mean, one. I guess yeah. the coffee brought the zombies to life. I mean, they used the time clock to bring back Edgar Allan Poe. Maybe that gives it another point. But you didn't see it. You didn't, but you saw him. You saw he was there. They alluded to it. Yeah, yeah. the fact that he was there as well was, was an element we of magic. We are not awarding a point. We are not awarding a point to something that is alluded to. <laughs> also, there was a, there was a, I know her spells don't work, but we didn't even see Dreamer attempt to do any magic and fail, which seemed like it was going to be her shtick, and she mm. didn't do any of that. Um, so, I mean, I'd go... I'd go yeah. I would go with a two but i've been outvoted by the majority so yeah one yeah one for magic one. uh what about wit just how um how funny was this episode i say i felt loud i can't remember why but i did we, well we think it was toilet paper which it might have been, i did which is I, quite funny. I laughed at toilet paper there's also a thing to say online earlier on that i laughed at but i can't remember what it was um i yeah yeah i seem found this episode fairly yeah fairly funny i so. found it enjoyable I, fa- I found it enjoyable i had no no issues with it. I wasn't bored throughout. I just I, I enjoyed watching it as I do with most episodes. So well, it fulfilled its role as a sitcom. I would say I would give it a three. I'm happy to go down the middle. Yeah, and I would say a three as well. So a three for wit. It was all right. Um, creativity. You know how creative was this episode for me? Sort of incorporating zombies is even by late nineties standpoint. You know, I know sort of over the past twenty years we've had an influx of zombie related stuff, but even late nineties zombies have boring zombies are just not threatening and you know it's kind of just it's just not creative it's just a halloween well it's just a, a horror th- um trope trope i couldn't think of the word trope you've hit the nail on the head it was just a trope the entire episode was just a trope it was i they they even reused stuff from their last halloween episode it was very minimally creative. The most creative thing was bringing Edgar Allan Poe not to read a scary story. There was no variation on the yeah, yeah. on the zombie concept. Yeah, they danced, but I mean we've seen them dance before in the redacted video, which was already over a decade over a decade old by that point. So yeah. Um 
yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing new. A a creative desert, I would say. Uh, to be quite honest with you, because they had they had characters, they had you know characters who we wanted to see further. I guess that's progression, but you know characters who we wanted to see be themselves and establish themselves, and they didn't. They just yeah, I don't know. There wasn't much thought went into this. I would one, one. Finally, uh, progression. Did this episode progress any part of the character's development or the uh, the story arc for this season? Sabrina's got a job. Yep, Sabrina's got a second love interest. Yes, Sabrina's got a second so. love interest. Yeah, um, we saw bugger all from Brad as always, and bugger all from bugger all from Dreamer. Yeah, but I mean, this I, I would say the love, the extra love interest, the extra job is a big thing because I know it's going to stick around at least for this season. Like we've kind of yeah, I, I, and and Josh is a new character, someone who's he's not just a. Because, you know, Harvey's a heartthrob character. You know, he's very lovable. He's very dim and stuff. This is just a guy who's just... He's just a... He's not even like a hotshot. He's just a nice guy who happens to run the local coffee. You know, there's nothing outrageous about him. He just happens to be a nice guy that has sort of piqued um, Sabrina's interest. So, again, I think he's quite an interesting character by the fact that he's, at this moment, not interesting, if that makes sense. I would say so. I think it's quite a big thing. I would give it a three... Um, though we only identified two individual points, I think yeah, I think the introduction of Josh is a big deal. I was going to go with a two. Yeah, I, or... I I would say three. I think just in in the right. in it just kind of in the hopes of looking ahead at the implications that this new character is going to have. So um, yeah, so uh, so Chris, around all those scores up, we had a one for magic, a, a three for wit, a one for creativity, and a three for uh, progression. So uh, what does that give us? That gives us our second worst scoring episode. Eight. Even though it had arguably, I think, the best progression we've had it for a while yes. anyway. But yeah, eight. eight. Ouch. Are we here's the question, guys. Are we becoming more discerning as we watch a show along and we expect better from it, or is it getting worse? Both. I think it's just getting lazy in the sense. I think I think Due to the laziness of it, I think the episodes are just generally... They're probably all all right. They're all sort of average. But, you know, seeing the case of last season was uh, all the family secret. Fair enough, it didn't really follow through completely in all of its episodes. But still, that was a big thing to care about. We then had, um, you know, her getting the witch's license. That was a big deal. That was the thing that she doesn't get this, she ain't going to be a witch. And then, obviously, the first season was her messing around with the powers and by the end of it, it was like oh my god i can't use them properly until i get a license so each season up until now has had a huge thing for us to care about it's taken us six it's taken us six episodes for something for us to actually go oh wait you know what this could be a big deal you know we had a false start with brad and then we were immediately dashed then like you know there's nothing worth caring about in this season so far no we had a false start with brad we had a false start with brad and a false start with dreamer and now we're into the sixth episode, and I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we get a full start with Josh. I don't think we're going to see him for the next three episodes. You might be right. Well, uh, we'll find out um, when I uh, deliver the name of this next episode, gentlemen. So, episode seven is called. It's called the Josh Show. It's called Josh. Isn't he gorgeous? No, it's called episode seven, prelude to a kiss. Ooh. Episode well. seven prelude to a kiss so that is basically the entire episode is leading to a kiss great spoilers maybe this is a word which uh, americans call prelude and we brits phil call prelude i've never actually used the word 
prelude, prelude ever. So this is the first for me to learn it, uh, two ways. I think this does suggest actually Josh involvement. I think maybe Sabrina does kiss, kiss. Kish, sure. I don't expect you to die, Mr. Bond. I expect you to kish, Mr. Bond. (laughs) Sabrina does... Kish the camel. Sabrina kishes Joss. Yeah, and then, yeah, she's extremely guilty, because that's not supposed to happen. She's with Harvey. Drama, drama, drama. Or what it could be about is that thing we have been alluding to and hoping for is maybe it's a prelude to uh, Brad and Harvey finally kissing, because... Maybe. You know, it's it's it could be, uh, but prelude to kiss is about Sabrina's heart is torn between helping Josh study for an exam and watching Harvey's football game. So she enlists Dreamer's help to try and get the best of both worlds. Well, Hannah Montana obviously uh, was no was done for that. Oh, that's gonna go pear shaped. Does this mean that you know it's is she going to go through with a kiss? Is this like setting up and she's like. Does she find out that Josh likes her as well? Or, you know, is this preluding just to a satisfactory kiss with Harvey? Who knows? I've just figured it out. She's going to clone herself in Dreamer, send Dreamer, clone Dreamer to Josh while she watches Harvey's football game, and then Josh kisses the Dreamer Sabrina. Dreamer Sabrina, I like the name of that. Or maybe Dreamer fancies Josh, and right. she, forgetting she Sabrina, kisses Josh, and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, this, there's so many ways this could go. There could be like an octopus of complications. I mean, you know, we're, 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 we're shitting on, you know, the lack of progression in this at the moment, but I think it could all be about to take off. Yeah, we're six episodes in, mate. Yeah, could it just be us just wishful thinking? We'll uh, we'll have to find out next time. But as for this episode, thank you very much for joining us. I, um, you know, I do hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, once again, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much for following us on um, on Facebook and Twitter. We've had, again, just a huge increase in people following us and um, it has inspired me to write a few more posts, so maybe I should. Uh, but thank you very much for everyone who's following us and supporting us, particularly during these testing times. You know, it, it's, you know, we have great pleasure at more now than ever um, of recording these podcasts together seem you know we're not able to to see and interact with each other so thank you very much for supporting us um, you know whatever you do and I hope you are staying safe and well um, if you do like to follow us on Facebook you can um, we are just Sabrina the Teenage Watch on Twitter we are at Sabrina Watch and uh, yeah if you want to give us a nice uh, wonderful review if you do enjoy our shows then uh, you are more than welcome to uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, but as for this episode I've been Phil Dean. Thank you very much for joining me. And uh, as you are aware, I hope, uh, I've not been alone. I've been joined by my wonderful companions, Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you very much, Graham. You're welcome. And thank you very much, Christopher Evans. It happened. I was there. Excellent. And uh, again, say this the uh, past couple of episodes, but whatever you do, please stay safe. Um, you know, em- embrace just everything around you and just kind of, yeah, just really stay safe and uh, try and stay positive during this testing time. And most importantly, when we say embrace everything around you, do not embrace people who do not live in your house. Yes, yes, the... yes. Embrace embrace your family uh, if you are yeah. fortunate em- to be living currently your with, your, with your family and loved ones. Yeah, that's very, yeah. yeah. Embracing everything around you is the very opposite of what you must be doing at the moment, in fact. Yes. Bad advice, Phil. And sorry, and, and particularly do not embrace the thought of pooping in a bag and setting it alight and throwing it, even though, um, you know, that's kind of a good way to express yourself in a piece of like isolation art. Maybe there is a thought there. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, but whatever you're doing, the most important thing is may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. magic.